Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, today we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. We're ready for Psalm 77 and Proverbs 6. Now, Psalm 77 is probably one of my favorite of the Psalms. It's a very powerful Psalm. It's one that you could really chew on for a while. It's one that requires and uh, and deserves more study than what we're able to give it in our short podcast this morning. But um, I want you to really open up your hearts and listen to the words of the psalmist. There's also a really great song by a band called Loud Harp called 77 or called 77 you heard me or something along those lines the band is loud harp and it's one of my favorite songs that goes along with this psalm and um, it's very very powerful quick little introduction so we're going to read psalm 77 and then i'm going to read the commentary from matthew henry on it and then we'll move on to proverbs Uh, Proverbs chapter 6. But this psalm, like the first 10 verses, verses 1 through 10, are really the psalmist just talking about how troubled he is. He's troubled. And then verses 11 through 20, well, when he talks about how he's troubled in verses 1 through 10, and then he kind of has this temptation to think that uh, God has forgotten him, or that uh, you know maybe God is so angry with him that he's unable to be merciful to him anymore, and he's kind of having these uh, you know wrong views and wrong thoughts because his circumstances and and God like those things they're not lining up. It's hard to reconcile. But then verses eleven through twenty, he kind of encourages himself by. Remembering the things that God has done. And so this whole thing is, a, is, is a really important and a real good lesson for all of us. So, let's just look at the psalm. Psalm 77. Let's have a look here. Verse 1, King James Bible. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My soul ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night, and I commune with my own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? 
and will be he fa- will he be favorably favorable no more in his mercy is his mercy clean gone forever and doth his promise fail forevermore hath god forgotten to be gracious hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies and I said, This is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that dost Wonders, thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thy arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. The way is in the sea, and thy path in great waters. And thy footsteps are not known. Thou leadest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And that is Psalm 77. You know, I think there's two important things that happen here. The, the psalmist is severely troubled. and But I think the way he handles it is a good lesson for all of us. He handles it by starting with just, I'm just crying out to God, praying. Right? Very first verse, I, very first verse I cried unto God with my voice. Even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. That's number one. That's the first thing. And then the second thing, he overcomes his temptation to think that God no longer cares, or God is, is you know, kind of moved on from him. He overcomes that by reminding himself of God's goodness and the things and the great things that God has done in the past. Let me read some commentary from Matthew Henry on this just to add a little more light to it and then we'll move on to uh, Proverbs chapter 6 here. Here's what he says. The days of trouble must be the days of prayer. When God seems to have withdrawn from us, we must seek till we find him. Uh, that, That whole first sentence, I think, is just loud, isn't it? The days of trouble must be days of prayer. When God seems to have withdrawn from us, we must seek him till we find him. In the day of his trouble, the psalmist did not seek for diversion of business or amusement, but he sought God 
and his favor and grace. Again, just brilliance by Matthew Henry. Brilliant commentary. Many of us, and, and we're probably all guilty of this, I certainly am, sometimes when things are bad, we go out and find distractions or amusements. He said, Matthew Henry says, In that day of trouble, the psalmist didn't seek after those things. Instead, he sought God, and he sought God's favor. Those that are under trouble of mind must pray it out. Or, I'm sorry, must pray it away. Those that are troubled of mind must pray it away. He opened, he poured upon the trouble the methods that should have relieved him did but increase his grief. When he remembered God, it was only the divine justice and wrath. His spirit was overwhelmed, and he sank under the load. But let not the remembrance of the comfort we have lost make us unthankful for those things that are left. Particularly, he called to remembrance the comforts with which he supported himself in former sorrows. Here is the language of a sorrowful, deserted soul walking in darkness, a common case even among those that fear the Lord. Nothing wounds and pierces like the thought of God's being angry. God's own people in a cloudy and dark day may be tempted to make wrong conclusions about their spiritual state and that of God's kingdom in the world. But we must not give way to such fears Let faith answer them from the scripture. The troubled fountain will work itself clear again, and the recollection of former times of joyful experience often raises a hope tending to relief. Doubts and fear proceed from the want and weakness of faith. Despondency and distrust and affliction are too often the affirmities of believers, and as such, are to be thought upon by us with sorrow and shame. When unbelief is working in us, we must thus suppress its rising. Commentary goes on a little bit longer, but we'll stop there. Some just really important wisdom there. Really important. I really like those first two sentences by Matthew Henry about this whole thing. Let me just read it one more time. The days of trouble must be days of prayer. And when God seems to have drawn from us, we must seek him till we find him. In the day of his trouble, the psalmist did not seek for the diversion of business or or amusement, but he sought God and his favor and his grace. That, my friends, is Psalm 77. I hope that it pierced some hearts this morning and and spoke to you and encouraged you. Especially those of you who might be wondering, has the Lord cast me off? Is his mercy gone forever? Has he forgotten to be gracious? Is he so angry that he, he can no longer be merciful? All right. Let's move on to Proverbs chapter 6. This is a continuation of what we've been looking at. Uh, Solomon is just continuing to pour out his wisdom for the sake of his sons. Let's have a look. King James Bible, Proverbs chapter 6. 
my son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go humble thyself and make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thy eyes, nor slumber to thy eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. Please note, I hate to say it, but this generation, more than any generation, probably needs to hear that wisdom right there. Look at what this, look at what Solomon's saying. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. So he's saying, hey, lazy and slothful person, couch potato. Go look at the ant over here. What are we observing? Consider her ways and be wise. Having no guide, overseer, or ruler. So the ant doesn't have a boss. Right? They don't have anybody at the office telling them what to do or at the factory telling them what to do. Yet, in spite of that, the ant works. Why? Providing, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food for the harvest. There's wisdom. You shouldn't need somebody standing over you to to get off your behind and get things done and provide for yourself and your family. Pretty simple. Verse 9, How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? When will thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth. And thy want as an armed man. Hmm. Verse 12. A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. Again, remember when the King James says froward, it's talking about a perverse mouth. A naughty person, a wicked man, what do they do? They walketh with a perverse mouth. He walketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teaches with his fingers. Frowardness is in his heart. Perverseness is in his heart. He devises mischief continually. He soweth discord. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. This is a biblical principle that I've kind of picked up on. It seems... You see, the wicked, they, they, they grow old in their wickedness. They seemingly never, they just, oh, they just continue to get away with the evil and evil and evil. They just continue to prosper. They continue to feed their lust. And it's like, man, do these people ever get what's coming? The Bible seems to describe that they do get it, and it comes suddenly. Boom. Just one day it all falls apart. And really, if you, th- if you think about it, you watch people in these places, in these high towers, when they fall, it's seemingly overnight, isn't it? 
it's like, man, they keep getting away. And boom, the next day, it's like, it's all coming down. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. Verse 16, these six things doth the Lord hate. Yes, seven are an abomination unto him. By the way, I did a video on this topic. Uh, it was not well received by many. People certainly hate to have whatever their particular pet sin is, whatever their particular pet doctrine is. People are not into hearing about that. I've learned that uh, over the years. Verse 16, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift to running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee, and when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. Lust not after her beauty in thy heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of of whorish women, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Again, we've talked. We talked about. We talked about this last week. You know, Solomon's warning his sons about going after strange women, women that are not his are not their wives. He, he he's reminding them how men who do that they they their lives get destroyed he's saying he's saying don't follow for it don't, don't let the lust that's in your heart drive you to her to be destroyed verse 27 can a man take fire in his bosom and clothes and not be burned right he's like you, th you think you can do that thing and there's going to be no consequences. You, th you think you can play with fire and not get burned? You can't. You mess with that thing. You mess with that woman at the office or at the gym or wherever you're going and you, you're playing with fire. You're playing with fire. That's what Solomon's saying. Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth to his neighbor's wife, whosoever touches her shall not be innocent. God takes this very seriously. Think about David's punishment. David took Bathsheba, another man's wife. He, he 
becomes an adulterer, ends up becoming a murderer. The sword never left his house. And the horrors that David had to see take place within his own family. Not worth it, right? Verse 30. Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold and shall give all the substance of his house. But whosoever committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. Listen. Again, I brought up David. The sword never left his house. That was the promise from God. You've done this thing. The sword will never leave your house. And worst of all, that thing you did in secret, I'm going to do in the open. And what happened? His son sets up a tent. When David's out of town, sets up a tent in the town square and sleeps with all David's concubines. For the whole all of Jerusalem to see. Solomon's saying, you make this error. You commit adultery. You sleep with another man's wife. This will never be wiped away. This will destroy you forever. God takes this extremely serious. This is why Jesus is saying, hey, (laughs) you look with lust, you're committing adultery. Like, stay, don't even get close to that fire. Sin's already at your door if you're looking with lust, because you're already thinking about it. You're already thinking about it. Whosoever committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom. Neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts." Solomon's saying, you do this to your neighbor's wife, you ain't going to be able to buy your neighbor off. Well, there you go. (laughs) There is our wisdom and encouragement for this morning. Sometimes the wisdom is hard. Sometimes the encouragement is hard. If there's anything I would say you walk away with this morning, is that if... Your days are filled with trouble right now. You need to seek God till you find Him. Seek God until you find Him. I hope that you've been blessed this morning. I want to thank all of you who listen, who pray for the podcast. Thank you to the Patreon subscribers who support monthly. Those of you who donate through PayPal or through the post office box, thank you so much for supporting this mission of truth and making it all possible. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless. My voice rose up to you, God, while I cried out loud. My voice rose up.
Oh, oh, oh.